Hello, hello, hello. Uh, once again, this is a special Bussing Balls pod blast. Uh, he's John, I'm Jeffrey. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Bussing Balls Pod. Email us at bussingballspod at gmail.com. Uh, you're listening to us through our native SoundCloud feed, soundcloud.com slash busting-balls or the PWOM podcast network, soundcloud.com slash pro wrestling only. And you can find us on Spotify, search Busting Balls Podcast. Uh, John, how are you today? I am very, very well. Are you, though? <laughs> Liverpool won. What can I say, you know? Yeah. Luis Diaz is is a Mozart's probable replacement, I'm guessing, as our, as our idol. So. <laughs> well, we have, uh, we, we have another Busting Balls Derby this coming Wednesday as we record this, but... Uh, we're not here to actually talk about that right now. Um, nah, not yet. We're actually, <laughs> we're actually, yeah, yeah. We're, we're actually convening here today because of uh, recent events, and uh, we, we we figured uh, it deserves special attention on two particular topics. Uh, so that's why we went uh, the pop blast route this time. Um, so uh, let, let, let's get to the 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 first one. Um, just so we can get the the actual footballing content out of the way, uh, first of all, uh, John, have you ever seen a meltdown, the likes of which saw Kareem Benzema score a hat trick against PSG in, in the span of seventeen minutes in the second half on Wednesday, on on uh, on Wednesday, and um, yeah, PSG. Now out had a two nil aggregate lead at one point. Went out three two on aggregate. PSG out of the first the first round of knockouts. Yeah, um, I I would immediately go to say th- there was that one club who I can't quite remember who they were who you who lost was it five one at the new Camp three goals in the last five minutes was it for Barca? You, you, who, who, who was that club again? Lost in that Champions League. If you're, talking about, if you're talking about Arsenal, I'm going to whoop your ass. <laughs> no, I'm talking about PSG. Oh, that club. Oh, yeah, yeah. John, even with Lionel Messi, PSG cannot win the Champions League. Lionel Messi was something of a bystander on, uh, on Wednesday night. It has to be said, he... You know, he wasn't particularly getting the ball. He, you know, he didn't really affect the game. The only attack, the only strategy PSG seemed to have was someone picks up the ball around the centre circle and tries to ping a ball through for um, Mbappe to chase. Admittedly, that worked very well because, you know, Mbappe scored and had, you know, I know he was offside for it, but one of the sweetest dummies of a keeper you will ever see in your life. Oh, my Lord. Um but yeah, it, it was honestly, you know, you'd had what three quarters that tie. PSG and had been pretty much on top. Real Madrid had been content to sort of let them sit back, you know, to almost to sit back and not do much, not really threatened. PSG looked well organized. And then one absolute blunder from uh, Donnarumma, which might have look, looked a bit like a foul, to be fair. And, and they just. Lost it. There's no, you know, if, if things go against them, they they just fall apart. It's 
almost bizarre to watch. It's you know, as soon as the first goal going, you're just thinking it's going to happen, and PSG thought that as well, clearly. Yeah, I think so. And then and then they they turned off for sixty for for hey hang on because math is hard for you know um, one hundred fifty minutes of football. PSG yeah. were in the lead. Yep. And then in the last thirty, they they threw it away. And this, yeah, well, <laughs> and, and as you as you just hinted, this happens again and again. Yeah, because under pressure, they just don't. They just fold. You know, it's 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 almost like watching the the, the lions, isn't it? You know, you know something bad's going to happen to them. You know, or, or the Browns in in the other sports. <laughs> something, you know, it's the opposite to what the Utah Saints once said. Just to know that something bad is going to happen. Oh my God! Wow. <laughs> You, 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 you got to go for the Kate Bush quote there, don't you? Oh, hell yes. Oh, hell yes. I'll always grab that sample, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, what, what can we say? I mean, and now we're seeing the, the fall of this. There, you know, there's talk that Maurizio Pochettino will be getting sacked. I saw something yesterday that says uh, PSG wants to see the back of Neymar now. Neymar. I think as we we had a DMs earlier week and yeah Neymar wasn't really the problem you know he only he only uh, stopped playing when the rest of PSG when they stopped seeing the ball um, but he had one really nice assist for Nate for um, Mbappe on on the Wednesday night but oh no it, it's who who they replace him with you know <laughs> are, are you going to try and pick Mo Salah up which which you know might happen <laughs> you don't know because. His agents around playing silly beggars, wanting silly money. And, you know, Liverpool aren't going to pay that because of the wage structure at the club. Um, I don't know what their strategy is. They just see, it just seems to be if we buy enough players, they will suddenly play, you know, they will suddenly suit each other's styles and we will win all the trophies. And it's not working. <laughs> it's. You know, it, it can work to dominate France because they have the quality of player that can that can you know will m- most weeks f- pick something up to beat you know teams which have less talent. But you get to the Champions League, there are teams not only with an equivalent level of talent, which you know Real Madrid almost certainly have, even if they don't have quite have the name of you know ne- uh, Messi or Neymar or Mbappe. Not till next year anyway with the latter. Um, you know, th- these these sides have played in Champions League. They're, they're street smart. They know how to win these games, even when they're playing badly. You know, PSG. You wouldn't face them against Liverpool, against City, against Bayern. They they are you know they're still the fourth or fifth best team in Europe, but at best on their day. Yeah, I mean it's for all the talk and, and, and all, all the talk and all the talent that is at this club. They can't ever do it. You know, no, um, you know, and, and you know, you, you've got someone like Ginny Wijnaldum, who's a superstar in the Liverpool system, who's exactly the kind of player you needed last night. Just to, you know, what you know, what, when things get into, you can give him the ball, and he will keep the ball, and not, you know, the opposition won't get it. They they just don't seem to realize you need that kind of player as a club to win these trophies. You need someone when the pressure's on, say, give me the ball. And they just, you know, 
who was around on PSG's side asking for the ball and going, I'm going to have it, I'm going to make sure, you know, after, after say, Benzema's first goal, they don't see the ball for the next 10 minutes. Yeah. There's no one to do that. Yeah, and, and, and their defense just left Benzema wide open. Like, how do you do that? Especially when he's already just scored two on you, you know? <laughs> yeah, so again, Benzema, street smart player, isn't he? he he's, you know, I, I know in his, you know, in what he might have done in the past, his personal contact, he might not be the nicest guy in the world, but he is a damn good striker. You know, even if Ronaldo was overshadowing, he was a guy who did all the work at that point. He will put the hard yards in to get the rewards later. And that's what he did. Yep. But, I mean, here we are. PSG, one of the richest clubs on earth, can't get it done on the pitch, it, 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 on the biggest stage in European football. Nope. And you know, and you look at the, uh, the guys who are into the quarterfinals, same old guys who do it year after year. And why don't PSG do that? That's what they need to ask themselves. Yeah, I mean, it, it's somewhere. I mean, they they obviously have the play the the, the playing talent. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but, well, I mean, I mean. Although, let's face it, I think we all can pretty much safely assume that Kylian Mbappe is already booking his flights to to Madrid at this point. I suspect he's got his vi- villa sorted from whoever. Yeah. So yeah, I mean. They get rid of Neymar, and then I mean, little Messi, a, a little Messi that is in, in a decline. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it, and, and I'm not saying that as a criticism of Messi. It's just you know that's the inevitability of time. And let's face it, he's a, he is a heartbroken player right now. <laughs> you know, I'm, I mean, let, let's not kid ourselves that he wants to be PSG. The guy would have stayed at Barcelona to the end of his career if they could have worked something out. But Oh, he was supposed to have been a lifer, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> didn't have... Uh, he, you know, he hasn't been as skyscrapingly brilliant as we're used to from the past, you know, a decade and a half. But he's, he's still, you know, he's still been good for them, <laughs> but just not uh, superhuman as almost as, as we've seen. You know, he he's not had the sort of season... Uh, say Mo Salah's had, you know, there are, you know, we're not, we are past the Messi and Ronaldo era, you know, they can still turn it on on their day, as indeed Ronaldo has, just as we've recorded this. Um, Yeah, he sure did. But across the season, they are not all that compared to younger players like Mbappe, like Salah, who, you know, who are frankly the, the cream at the minute. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, so long story short, yeah, PSG are forever pretenders at this point until they can, until they can actually do it, they're going to be forever pretenders, and yeah, they're going to be the top dogs in a league that really only has two or three realistic winners each season, you know? Absolutely, and, and I think it's worth noting that they, you know, the one Champions League final they did reach was that, was the, was the COVID season where, you know, you didn't have the crowds there. You didn't have them. The pressure just had that one leg tournament. So, you know, that, that helped them a little, you know, that equalized things for them, but, you know, in the normal circumstances and, you know, they they have to prove they can cope with these things. Yep. And, And so far they cannot. 
So nope. So moving on from one uh, club owned by oil billionaires to another, uh, boy, the situation at Chelsea has taken a turn. Yeah, that, that's makes it. You knew we were going to talk about this this week because it is the only story anyone is talking about in football right now. I um, mean, our, our last episode, we, we we I mean, we we went into it and said, you know, something needs to happen with. With, with Roman and Chelsea. And then like within, I think 24 hours, Roman announced he was selling the club. Yep. He, he, he was outright selling the club. And then this week, um, Britain oh, froze Roman Abramovich's assets along with other Russian oligarchs that are, you know, in, encamped in, in Britain. But of course it's Roman that is making all the news because of Chelsea. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so since you're you're a little closer to home on this one, why, why don't you give give me? Why, why don't you go into the the ins and outs here? Yeah. Um, so I, I think it was the, Wednesday or Thursday it was that the UK government announced that Abramovich was going to be sanctioned for his ties to Vladimir Putin due to obviously the ongoing war in the Ukraine, um, and this. Was was met because um, Abramovich cannot make you know it, freezing his assets essentially means he cannot make any money out of any assets. So with Chelsea, for instance, um, the, you know there there will be you know no transfers in or out. They are not allowed to sell any new tickets to games. You know the ones they've already sold, fans can go in, but. If it's if away fans go in, they'd have to be sold through the away club. Um, you know, the they are only allowed to spend twenty thousand pounds on away trips. So I'm going. That's not going to go down well with the players. Are they? You know, are they going to end up? Um, bring, are they going to end up driving their own cars to games at this rate? Um, because you know, it's the cost of ho- transport and hotels. You know, plus what whatever other sundries you get get for games, you know the cost of fuel fuel is going up for a start off. So how do you afford that? Um, that kind of thing. They uh, they cannot actually spend much more than a government man anything more than a government mandate. The only money they can make is essentially prize money and from I, I think from the TV money. You know, because I, I think these are with technically count as already agreed contracts. Um, the rumor is, I think, the update since Wednesday is that the the government will still allow a sale of Chelsea to go ahead. But what happens to the the money from it? That is an entirely different matter altogether. We don't know. But for me, the really the most interesting thing about this is, and and this is where I kind of have sympathy with Chelsea fans. Because I, you know, I don't have any sympathy with them because it was pretty much known what Roman Abramovich was from two thousand and three. You know, we we knew he was an oligarch. You knew if you'd done even the most cursory piece of research that he had picked up his fortune in essentially backroom deals, um, hijacking or you know, hijacking money that essentially belonged to the Russian people. And and there's been they quite rightly said. Why aren't other clubs being sanctioned? You know, say, you know, for instance, City and Newcastle, 
when their owners are equally as guilty of humanitarian violations elsewhere, which you can only agree with, but, you know, you've had 20 years quite happily loading up on trophies fueled by money that's been gotten by your gotten game, so, nah, eat it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... I mean, the, the, the actual existence of the football club is at risk now. I, I yeah. think you, didn't you tell me they basically have two weeks worth of wages left? Uh, at their last counts, they had $14 million in the bank, which is estimated to be two weeks worth of wages. And I believe their bank accounts, or certainly their uh, club credit cards, have been frozen, which is only reasonable because the banks then have to go, where are you making your money from? You know, we're not giving you credit if you haven't got an income. Right. So, so we, what does this actually mean? Is, you know, what, what, what does this actually mean as far as the existence of, of, of Chelsea? If, I mean, we, we're, we're, we're getting into week three, excuse me, and we, we, we don't have a, and we, we don't have a buyer for the club. At, the, at this point, they need a, to find a buyer for the club quite quickly. You know, so if, if you know, Abramovich has already said he's writing off the money he put into the club. So you know, one point five billion. What a generous man! There, you know, one point five billion for a couple of Champions Leagues and a few league titles. Thank you very much. Um, but they, uh, they essentially need. Uh, if if Chelsea's price goes down then they will almost certainly find buyers because Chelsea, you know, are a club with Champions League income. They're likely to have Champions League income next year. They have a good academy supply. Um, assuming that they, that, you know, that they don't break the contracts by not playing players' wages, etc., then they should have, you know, at least a reasonable squad, even if they can't reinforce it in the summer. So... It's actually, we don't know what happens, but they need some movement quickly on the sale of the club from mine. Because if Chelsea go on without the income, without Roman Bramovich being able to um, put money in by whatever means, they are not sustainable. They are they will be in the same position they were essentially when Bramovich bought the club from Ken Bates, which was a doped, a club doped up on players beyond who they've signed who were really beyond their means like back in Bates' day it was European stars like Hullet signed at the end of his career Viali uh, Desai Zola players who they you know do, are, 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 do, 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 do we forget the, the greatness that was Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank oh Jimmy Floyd I I would say I loved him but he played for Chelsea you know right <laughs> great but great anyway player. yeah um, but you know and, and again they they have you know they, you know they they're buying you know, Lukaku um, and so forth with money you know a club of this size and income without a sugar daddy like Abramovich wouldn't be able to afford so you know it, it's they may well be getting to the consequence of living beyond their means really right and I mean. It, Unfortunately, we have to admit that what what an impact that Roman Abramovich has had on football in the last twenty years. Uh, most of it not good. 
It must be yeah. said. Um, but I, the fact I, of the I, but I, the fact of the matter is that that Chelsea going on, you know, ceasing business would it, it would be seismic in, in in the terms of current global football. Yeah, and and the government I think has made it pretty clear in the statements that it doesn't, it's not looking to, you know, for Chelsea to cease operations. They will be sympathetic for it to them to keep trading. In what form, I don't know. Um, but yeah, going back to the point to start, I, I think you can say, you know, in, in terms of football this century, I, I would argue, you know, for, for all, you know, you can say about Guardiola, Mourinho, uh, Wenger, Ferguson, you know, even maybe, you know, Messi, Ronaldo, or, you know, even Florentino Perez. I, I think you, the case I would make is that the most important play, person in football this century is Abramovich. Because, you know, before he came, yeah, Real Madrid were dominant and spending money. But there wasn't quite the, you know, the arms race of, you know, of trying to make your clubs super clubs. It's you know there's a what if there what if it, it, didn't, it didn't happen because you know Abramovich came in and boosted Chelsea at exactly the time when Arsenal had say had committed to a new stadium and were not going to be particularly financially competitive with bigger clubs. So suddenly those you know Arsenal have far less of a you know a, a banquet of players to pick from. There they don't have that that firepower to suddenly to compete for the same sort of players they would have, um, you know, before Bramwich pumped the money in. Would you have seen, you know, Man City taken over? Would you have seen Newcastle now taken over? Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he, his appearance on the scene, I mean, it, it, and, and, I, mean, it, it, I mean, in very many ways ruined football. Because as you mentioned, it started. You know, the you know, you you call it an arms race. The the term always uses was that he was trying to build a real life fantasy team. Like yeah, you know, absolutely. like you know, one of it, one of the first purchases under Roman Abramovich was, was you know stealing away Juan Sebastian Veron from Man United. And let's oh, face yeah. it, at the time, let's face it, Juan Sebastian Veron was not really a great success at Man United. No, he, his greatest successes came in, at, at Estudiantes La Plata, in, yeah, in Argentina. Uh, you know, yeah, because and I think Bergson's admitted that he didn't know how to use Baron. That he signed him and didn't have a place for him in the team. And frankly, neither did Chelsea. It seemed when they signed him, I didn't. Yeah, think, well, I mean, he only he, lasted a whole all of one season there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know. He, you know, he scored in his debut, which was at Anfield, but I, I think it was. Downhill pretty sharpish after that. Yeah, I mean, who else did he sign? I mean, Hernan Crespo, I think, was one of the other Hernan. players he signed. Yeah, and um, Joe Cole, I think, was in that. Was he in that first signing, or was he the year after? Um, I yeah, don't remember that. Obviously, you had um, Lampard and Terry were already there, and then you know you you under Mourinho came in. You you suddenly had Czech, Paolo Ferreira, Ricardo Cavallo, um, and obviously. Uh, you know, uh, Makaleli and obviously Didier Drogba. You know, that is a formidable bunch of talent that he assembled there. And the other thing is, you know, Chelsea, they haven't exactly had stability at the managerial position. So they, you know, they have been quite happily been able to afford to, you know, if something's not quite working, out goes the manager, in comes new one, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? That's something that they started, really. 
Because Absolutely. before you would at least get, you know, a year out of a manager. And now it's like you, you don't get the instant success. Boom. I mean, it, it's because of that. Why we will never see the likes of a run of an Alex Ferguson or an Arsene Wenger at a club ever again. And yeah, ever, well, you know. Well, I, th- I think, yeah, partly, I think it's also the pressure, the, the intense pressure of the job these days is, you know, it wasn't quite there, I don't think, in the early years of Wenger and Ferg, Wenger and Ferg because it's now global and intense and all-consuming, you know. Yeah, I, I think the closer you're going to get is probably, you know, Klopp is going to do, uh, he's going to, allegedly going to leave in two years, or he's planning on leaving in two years. So, you know, I think that, you know, that near not eight, nine years is about as, as long as you're going to see really a top-level manager. But Chelsea, yeah, um, you know, the the point is they can, you know, I, I, you know, I've quoted all those names they said, but you know, they they could afford to make mistakes. You know, they could afford to just throw away, you know, indul- on indulgences like Shevchenko, who was you know <laughs> coming to the end of his career, Fernando Torres, who'd been injured, because Abramovich liked those players, but they could, you know, how many other clubs in the world? Could you know without consequence just go? Yeah, we're going to sign these. You know, we're going to sign some of the best players in the world for whatever money you fancy. And if it doesn't work out, we can just go and start again next year. That's the problem. You know, it, it becomes an expectation that that can be done. And right. As I said, well, right, and it blew up the transfer market. Yeah. To and now, and now we get these. You know, now we get these ridiculous fees all over the place. Yeah. Like, and like, like a hundred million for Gareth Bale at. Real Madrid would not have been possible had it not been for Roman Abramovich coming in. Unless we forget, you know, the financial fair play laws that were largely written by Roman Abramovich. (laughs) (laughs) And again, I I think this was slight, maybe the situation slightly poor, Roman. But remember, Chelsea back, I think, in 2000, when he came along, they had Winston Bogart on their books. Winston Bogart, who was quite deliberately running down his contract. They yeah. could say, yeah, fine, keep doing it then. But yeah, but, you know, Liverpool, to stay at the top, have to turn, you know, turn the team over, have to make the money off the, off the star players. We, you know, they cannot, you know, they cannot do what Chelsea did, make a big signing which doesn't work because that hampers us. Um Barcelona, my God, you know, they, they've turned Barcelona almost neurotic as well. Because, you know, Real Madrid want to compete with Chelsea and Barca are, are on that scene. They want to compete for those players. They, they, they go out and make ridiculous deals like Dembele and Coutinho, which don't work out and which, frankly, they, they look to have derailed Barcelona for a good four or five years, at least, I would say. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, so let's assume for two seconds that Roman Abramovich is able to sell the club. Are, are, are the prospective new owners going to be able to maintain what what um, what Roman had done at Chelsea, or do you think we're going to start seeing a decline? It's well, it's a good question because <clears throat> what it, it's going to depend what money the new owners have got. They are not likely to have you know I, I don't see any bidders there with you know the money of you know man city's owners of newcastle owners of psg's owners because you know they have their clubs they're, they're fine they're happy but the question yeah it, it's a question of resource because 
they're not going to be able to maintain the, that those wages. And the one thing to remember about this Chelsea sale as well, it's going to have to be cheap because Chelsea do not own their own ground. You know, it, it, it belongs to a supporters' trust. Now, okay, so I you mentioned that, and I had questions about that because didn't and now did that change under Roman because as I recall Ken Bates lived at Stamford Bridge if if I recall correctly oh, or I he believe lived so. at the, I believe or lived at the hotel at Stamford yeah. Bridge he did and he's he's still with us goddamn Ken, Ken Bates somehow you know <laughs> the good dog <laughs> young Ken Bates goes on forever um <laughs> yeah um I don't believe it has changed you know they they have you know, it, it's a Chelsea supporter, so they you know they they will always theoretically act within the interests of the club. But you know, there hasn't they haven't been able to develop that develop the ground because they don't own the property. They you know that ground is stuck at uh, I think a 40, 40, low forty thousands capacity, which you know <laughs> let, let's have a look at the rest of that. You know the the top four, top four or five clubs. You know, Man Man City have a you know fifty plus thousand plus Liverpool fifty thousand plus Arsenal fifty thousand plus Spurs fifty thousand plus United seventy thousand plus. They are lagging behind that on revenue to start with. That you know that if I'm asked what I think most likely um, scenarios, I would suspect that Chelsea would they would have to sort of trying to emulate almost a Liverpool kind of model, I would imagine they're going to be, you know, one of those borderline top four sides rather than, you know, one of the sides who are all almost in, believe they're in the top four by right, you know, but I, I don't see them being able to, to turn the club over as they have been doing. They're going to have to learn to be a normal club almost. I mean, do you think that's even possible? I think almost anything's possible here because the, I mean, the, the it, it's all rumor because no one's got no one's got the details on it. You know, it, I think it's a group called the Rain Group is selling them, and if they can sell them, um, yeah, it's possible, but it needs quick movement, and I don't know if it's you know. Have has a club got time to you know has to put a package together? Do their due diligence on the club? I don't know. I I just <laughs> pretty so we could say anything right now, and in two weeks it could all have changed. Yeah, I mean, no, that 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 is very true. Yeah, so I mean, there's definitely no absolutes here right now. No, not at all. I mean. The, I'm seeing a lot, and quite right that you know there, there is little sympathy for Chelsea because they have been quite happily living with you know as you know in, in football manager on easy mode life. You know they might not win every year, but they will be in contention every single season for some big trophy. Yeah, no, I, I'm not really feeling much sympathy right now, to be quite honest. <laughs> but you know, you know like, like I said. That's the popcorn. And, you know, again, you know, I, 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 as I wrote a long time ago on a, on a you know, for um, on that uh, for the cauldron, 
way back when, you know, back before uh, th- this podcast even started, I wrote in detail about how horrible Chelsea actually were. <laughs> you yeah. know? As far as, you know, a club, a- as an entity, how-, how awful they were. Yeah, that, I mean, let's face it. It's an Arsenal and Liverpool fan here. They ain't getting much sympathy in these parts because we have long memories. Yeah. No, we do have long memories. And I mean, and let's face it, we we have long enough memories to recall that Ken Bates also was pretty fucking awful. Ken Bates, the man, as I uh, point out somewhere else, who who advocated putting electric fences around the pitch. Yeah. At that point, you go, can you imagine how much worse everything in football might have been at that point? Like you, you would have, you know, I, I make my money at fans. I don't mind frying them. You know, it's the ultimate fuck you to the fans. It, it's, you know, that was an era which, I, I, again, there, there is a certain contempt for the people that, <laughs> that the, the clubs made their money off. Right. And it's still there, obviously, to a, de- to a degree today, but it's way less than it was back then. Yeah. Oh, boy. So you, you would ask me something. Yeah. You, you, you were going to ask me something on this podcast about Chelsea. Uh, I, I've forgotten what I was, I was going to say now. I need to, I'll be well, 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 okay, so, I'll, all right, well, then I'll just throw it back at you. You, you asked, what if Roman had not bought Chelsea? I think, yeah, I think, I think Man United, they, they remain pretty much the same as ever. That they, they would just sort of fly along as they did. Because I don't think, you know, with, with their wealth, they weren't that much affected by it. Um, uh, see, my, my interesting facet was our clubs. Um because Liverpool, you know, Chelsea, Liverpool were buying in that kind of range at the time where Chelsea picked up all their initial players from, you know, that that mid to high level price. And you know, I, I remember the, the one that stood up was Damien Duff. You know, Liverpool had been working on a deal for Damien Duff for, for ages, you know, and then Chelsea just came in, went, we'll pay 17 million quid. Thank you very much. Up front and yeah. took him. Um and that drove Liverpool to sell to Hicks and Gillette initially, you know, which and then and then overbalanced the club, you know, almost to the point of bankruptcy. I don't know who our owners would be now because I'm not sure, you know, FSG would have been able to buy Liverpool at that kind of reasonable level. So it, it's a, you know the consequence of Roman Frank is almost unimaginable for us. For Arsenal, as I said earlier, the, you know. Roman, I think it was circa 2003, certainly I think it was before Bramvich uh, came in, Arsenal started committing to moving to the Emirates. And, you know, that was going to, they were going to take a decade or so to pay that off. Right. And again, Arsenal were hamstrung. Arsenal was uh, suddenly fine. They, you know, Wenger, they were never going to be bad with Wenger. They made, you know, maintaining that Champions League stakes for so long was absolutely fantastic in the face of what, you know, what Chelsea was spending and, you know, United being so consistent. But, you know, Arsenal, I think, would have more trophies in the cabinet at this point. I can't say a Champions League, but I can certainly say I think that, you know, Arsenal would have been able to bring in, certainly, I think, a few more players at decent value um, and certainly 
would have had one at least one less contender at the, at the exact worst time for them. So, you know, here's the thing though: is that my my thoughts are, um, if it hadn't been Roman buying Chelsea, because we are we are so deep into late stage capitalism and mm-hmm. you know r- r- rampant you know laissez faire. Um, I, I think the fact that some sort of billionaire coming in and radically altering a club's fortunes was inevitable. If it hadn't been Roman and Chelsea, it would have been somebody else. It may, it, it, it may have even actually been Newcastle United long before now. Or even the, the Big Bang might have been Man City. Uh, you know, that takeover. Yeah, but don't forget they had a takeover and they didn't do shit with it before, before, yeah, no. before you know. Be, be, yeah, before. the from Sinatra. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, do these takeovers happen so quickly though? You know that that's. I, I think that late it's that late sort of two thousands period becomes really fascinating. You know. Um, do, you know, do, does Gareth Bale go to Madrid for that money? At, you know, if if Real Madrid aren't just looking to be in an arms race there, do do Real Madrid spend that much on Ronaldo so soon? Um, it's a difficult question. You know, do, do Barcelona keep you know keep buying expensive parts of Real? Some you know, Eto, um, David Villa, Luis Suarez. It, I I think. It would have at least slowed down that kind of financial acceleration in in the bigger clubs. And you know the, the thing that Abramovich introduces, which to be fair isn't really there even in Real Madrid, despite you know I I like to refer to them as Franco's boys, is he introduces the sports washing concept. Do, you know, do, does do they, does that idea occur early on to someone else? If Brownbridge hasn't just gone, well, you know, <laughs> see see if um, we can get a better relation. You know, we can always be like ambassadors for Russia here. Yeah. Does that occur earlier to anyone? You know, but but I think the other, the other weird thing is that I think part of the reason Brownbridge bought Chelsea, and you know, I know he hasn't given interviews, is that being chairman of Chelsea protected him from, you know. A Putin or whoever's in charge disappearing him at some point. You know, him being so prominent, um, you know, that all of a sudden it's it's more difficult for anyone to go. Hang on, let's just let's just quietly, you know, <laughs> quietly pick him up and uh, let him never be heard from again. Allegedly, that was part of the thing for Chelsea, so he that he didn't disappear. But it's on that front. It's obviously worked for him up till now. Um, but it's falling apart because I think even if I don't know if you've seen it, he had um, Israeli citizenship, and I think there's um, and and Portuguese citizenship too. I can't remember if it was Portugal or Israel. Some a, a rabbi's been picked up um, on suspicion of falsifying documents in the last couple of days. So it might be even more interesting for Roman there if he's found to, you know, found to have bribed officials or, you know, faked evidence on that to just to get a, a nationality. 
it, it's it's a really really volatile situation here now. Yeah, well, I mean, all we could say is is that we we don't know what is going to be happening yet because you know, as you mentioned, we you know, within two weeks everything the you know the entire playing field could be changed, but. I mean, whatever's going to happen, yeah, Roman has gone from being one of the, you know, top people in the sport, you know, one of the top owners in the sport to being a pariah. Yep. And, yeah, I I think whatever's going to happen, I think, you know, it's going to be a seismic change for Chelsea Football Club and how they they go about business. I think, yeah, I think maybe the salad days for Chelsea are over, no matter how we look at it. And let's face it, no one's feeling sorry for them. Well, right. You know? I mean, because let's face it, they, they they bought their way to the top anyway. Yeah. And, you know, you, you don't exactly put a lot back into the infrastructure of football. You don't get much sympathy from other people. Yeah. Whatever the case, uh, we, we, we may have seen the end of Chelsea Football Club as, we know, as we've come to know it over the last two decades. And, yeah. And uh, who who who's gonna fill the void? Who knows? Maybe it'll be Arsenal, haha. <laughs> but uh, maybe not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but... You never know. It's all going well at the minute. Yeah. Well, I we we saw those games in hand. But anyway, the, the, the uh, well, I'll go. Although one of them is against Chelsea. Who knows if that game will even happen now? Because if there's even gonna be a, a solvent club for them to face by the time that game gets rescheduled. It's a good question. Last time I looked, that game has not been put back on the schedule. Um, no, I don't, I don't think they have because, you know, obviously at this time of season, it's, it's depending on what Chelsea's commitments are with Champions League, etc. Um, and Arsenal's with Europa. So, it's a good question. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to look up here as, we, as we're speaking. Oh. And, uh, yeah, I do not see that match on the schedule yet. So who, who the hell knows? Who, who knows when this, <laughs> but yeah, like I said, by the time, I mean, and what, what about, I mean, and what of European competition? Because they are the defending European champions and they did make it to the knockout stage. And they are still, as we speak in in the Champions League and in a good position to go through again. Um, although I would like to see them get everyone to see what's a bit, you know, <laughs> to, to Munich or to Madrid on on that £20,000 on the flight to and the hotels. That's going to be an interesting one for them. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I just don't see that one happening somehow. Oh, boy. No, so- it's... Yeah, th- th- this is where we're at right now <laughs> in-, in the sport. Yeah, we're sitting back with the popcorn and being entertained. Yeah, shit, shit is wicked right now. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I, I think that's about all we-, we have to say right now. I think that that, that just about covers it. Uh, John, do you have any last words on either yeah. of the two topics that we had today? Uh, all I can say is it, it's a good time to be uh, to be in the top four and being able to watch Chelsea's demise and maybe you know Arsenal benefiting from it as well. Oh. 
Yeah, you know, I, 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 I'm, still not, I'm still not so convinced that, you know, I, I think that we're going to see the end of the club as we know it. I don't, I'm still not so convinced that we're going to see its actual demise. So, I, I you know. Oh, yeah. Well, but well, Arsenal, we will see. Arsenal in pole position, my friend. Let, let's, not, uh, let's not look past that just now. Well, yeah, well, hopefully we'll whoop your ass on, on Wednesday, so. In Yogri. In Yogri. <laughs> All right. Well, that that's a, that's got to do it for us. Um, we'll be back with hopefully a uh, a regular sh- a regular topic uh, structured show next time. But until then, it's uh, it's good night for me, and it's good night from him. Uh, we'll see you. Good night.